Welcome to the Keegan Smith Podcast. Choose what you give your life to or have it stolen from you. My mission is to rewire for power. We've all been gifted massive potential. This podcast is about unwrapping that gift. What if you could? Potentiating wellness, abundance, and movement. Today's podcast is proudly brought to you by Real Movement Level 1. Real Movement was started in 2014 to help coaches get better. Since that time, it's helped over 70 of its members open new training facilities and dozens of its members get started working in professional teams. Some of those coaches are now running programs in professional teams around the world. The program is designed not just around increasing your knowledge. You can go and sit on YouTube all day and hear information about just about anything out there. What this program is about is about you experiencing and taking on your best self. You get three days face-to-face and three months of online development. Get into it. Keegan Smith here, podcast number one. Super excited to be uh, doing this today. Uh, it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I've even got a little bit of nerves just getting started on this. So that's a really good sign that you're on a good path. When you get that feeling, those butterflies of like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I'm good enough for this. I don't know if this is going to work then that's where the good stuff happens. There has to be that little bit of nerves. That's what you feel before you lift a personal best weight. That's what you feel before you buy your first house. That's what you feel before you take that next level job. So I'm going to take that as a really good uh, sensation and something that I can take forward here. Why podcast? There are so many podcasts out there. It's a big wide world of podcasting right now. The reason why I'm podcasting is because it's not enough. If it was enough, if everybody was living a life of abundance, wellness on purpose with powerful physical capacity being expressed, then I wouldn't podcast. There wouldn't be a need. We just go out and get things done. But what I see when I go to the shops and what I see when I travel the world is a world that I cannot accept. I cannot accept the world the way it is because there's so much untapped potential. So many kids who are born into families where they're just not going to have the opportunity to have optimal brain growth. They're not going to have the opportunity for optimal performance. And it's not okay. It's not okay. And I know you know that it's not okay as well. So we've got to do something about that. And this podcast is a direct action towards that. So most of the last few years since I left the Sydney Roosters uh, after the 2014 season, we had the 2013 Premiership win, we won the Grand Final, we won the regular season, we won the World Club Challenge, we set an all-time defensive record uh, in terms of zero score lines. I was the strength coach, I ran the nutrition and the speed uh, for that team. And that was the only year that I worked full-time in the NRL. So uh, one from one record, 100%, I don't think there's anyone else out there with that 100% record in terms of full-time in the NRL. I realized that there was some power in some of the things that I was doing. You can check out my other video uh, explaining some of the strength work that we did that year. I don't claim to be the sole reason for winning a premiership. You can't do that. It's a massive organization. There's lots of people involved, but I played a part and I'm very proud of the part that I played uh, in that. And that gave me a lot of power to step into sharing more of what I can do, sharing more of my true self and helping other people 
to express more of their true potential. So what we did uh, in 2015, end of 2014, uh, I went full-time into helping coaches to, to develop themselves and to become elite, to be able to do amazing things. Since that time, we helped over 70 coaches to open new facilities. Um, none of those facilities have closed uh, due to lack of finances, and it's been an amazing journey. Uh, the problem is that that became all-consuming, and I really have stopped paying attention to the majority of people that are listening to what I'm doing because A, they're not in that program, or B, they're not a coach, and I really haven't given any value to those people, uh, less and less value, I would say, um, since that 2014 time where I've become more and more focused on a small group of coaches when really there's a whole wide world out there of people who have so much to give, have so much potential, and they're not quite seeing uh, what they should. And I'm not seeing what I should when I walk down the street. So I know that people aren't living the way they're living because they want to live that way. They're not living in the bodies that they're living in. Cancerous, diseased, unenergetic, overly fat. People aren't living in those bodies because they want to live in those bodies. People are living in those bodies because they do not know how to create the body that they want and the mind that they want. Those two things go hand in hand. They're directly connected and you can't have one without the other. So I want to share the best of what's helped me to transform my life. You know, I understand I had chronic fatigue. I had uh, all sorts of health issues and injuries that stopped me from getting to, to my dreams. I wanted to play in the Olympics in hockey. My health and my recovery wasn't good enough to be able to do that. And ultimately, it was actually probably the frustration with the way the state of the world that I couldn't direct all of my energy into becoming an Olympian in a world where we have so much possibility and there's still famine. Not only is there famine, but there's so many people overeating, overly fed, and they're still malnourished. They still still aren't getting nutrition despite the energetic surplus that is actually killing them. Okay, so you guys are mostly aware of the problem. The people who are tuning in to listen to me have an awareness of this. Um, but that's why this podcast is created. So I want you to share the best. If you find something in here that brings you inspiration, that brightens your day, that brings some purpose to what you're doing, then I want you, you know ultimately to to live your best and, and give me some feedback on that but share this out to the world and let's see what we can do um, so that's uh really why this thing is created why i'm doing a podcast uh i also do plan on this being uh a medium through which i connect to a lot more people so i am going to podcast with guests this one will simply be about uh, my journey, what I've been working on and sharing the best of what's going on in my world. Uh, but I, w I do plan on having a, a guest-focused podcast as well because there's just so much opportunity to connect with world leaders and people who are doing amazing things in the world. It's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost a criminal. It's almost you know, such a missed opportunity from not connecting in those ways. Um, so one of the things that I've been working a lot on lately is blood glucose control. If you've been checking out my Insta story, then you've been seeing that we're using the Freestyle 24-hour monitoring device. Basically, you plug that thing into your arm, and then at any stage, you can scan the device, and it's gonna tell you where your blood sugar's at, okay? So I think it is also recording what's going on through the night. Um, 
it's it's just it doesn't seem to be like i don't exactly have it worked out what it's recording when you're not scanning um but yeah you scan it regularly throughout the day and it tells you what's going on with your blood glucose now obviously this technology is aimed at diabetics and you probably don't think that you're a diabetic now this is a controversial point Current statistics in the United States suggest that 50% of the population are diabetic or pre-diabetic. Now, pre-diabetic does not mean you're not suffering from the risk factors and the accelerated aging and disease states that come with diabetes. What they mean is that you're suffering them slightly more slowly. Okay, so this is a continuum from diabetic. Pre-diabetic still means that you you know you you, you have the diseases of diabetes. You have the the symptoms of diabetes and you have the consequence of diabetes, you just have them a little bit more slowly. Okay, so there's a continuum back from there to optimal. And what I'm interested in is optimal. In terms of facilitating optimal performance, then we need to have blood sugar control. Charles Poliquin is a big uh, influence uh, of mine and someone who I've, you know, I've done the biosignature course uh, a number of times back in the day when, when Charles was presenting uh, that course. And you know, he's been a big influence on me and, and a lot of coaches around the world to bring some wellness uh, into strength and conditioning. You know, powerlifting is probably the, the ultimate epitome of where only the weight on the bar matters and a lot of those guys die young. Um, the Poliquin approach of optimizing health and wellness to be able to optimize performance, you know, that's really at the foundation of, of what real movement is about. I don't agree with him on everything, but that fundamental philosophy is 100% correct. And the readings that he believes in and that I also believe in, um, to start with, the most important thing that you can know is, does someone have good blood sugar control? Yeah, those are the initial tests that you want to go for. So it's like hemoglobin A1C, fasted morning glucose, fasted morning insulin. And then to be able to measure your blood glucose response to foods, specific foods, especially if you're having carbohydrates, extremely valuable. Um, Rob Wolf, uh, Wired to Eat is a, a great book. And inside of that, you will find uh, that there's some new research that shows that it's not just about how many grams of carbs that you're having, but even or, or, or even the glycemic load and the glycemic index and those kind of measures that you have around carbohydrate, it still doesn't exactly carry over to what your response will be to carbohydrate. So to really know what's going on inside your body, you need to do some testing. So the 24-hour blood glucose monitoring device that my wife's wearing at the moment, she feels like she's under surveillance, right? Like sometimes I sneak up behind her with a little thing and just scan her arm and she she feels, uh, she actually asked me not to do that. She feels like it's a, I don't know, it just makes her feel weird and it's like, yeah, it is some kind of nasty uh, invasion of privacy, even though she has made the decision to wear that thing and she wants to she wants to know, like she wants to get the data from it. Um, I have stopped sneaking up behind her and, and scanning her. Um, it's also kind of like being at the auto checkout at the supermarket where you're like scanning your stuff through. It's uh, It beeps like that. So it is, it is a weird uh, sensation to have someone else scan you, I would think. Um, but that's been invaluable. Like she's had, uh, yeah, a few readings that have told her, well, those foods are really giving me a big spike in blood glucose. Um, that's probably not good for me. Um, the problem with it is, and the big limitation that we have around this is it's actually not good enough just to scan, just to know blood glucose. We need to know uh, insulin, okay? So blood insulin concentration is really what's making all the difference. When insulin is really high, bodybuilders will inject insulin because it works 
to accumulate more protein. They're not doing it for fun. Um, they're doing it because it helps them to get bigger. So elite drugged bodybuilders will inject insulin to get bigger. People who have absolutely no insulin, doesn't matter how much they eat, they cannot put on weight. Okay, you might think this is good. This is not good. This is what happened to diabetes, diabetics with type one diabetes without producing any insulin. They were super skinny and they would die uh, super skinny. So once we discovered insulin in around the 1920s, I believe it was, uh, we started to be able to give like underweight kids were given insulin and carbs, and that brought them up to you know normal weight or the goal weight uh, for the kids. So. The easiest way to get fat is to have really high insulin levels and then have an abundance of carbohydrate in the diet. Um, and that's the experiment that's going on. That's what they do in rat studies when they need fat rats. And that's what's happening with society. So it's uh, exactly the same experiments being run. If you follow the food pyramid, if you follow uh, what's you know on the shelves, if you just eat, if you just on average picked up every 20th, 30th item in the supermarket, you would end up with a trolley full of shit. And, and, it, and it actually looks like people are actually playing that game when I go through the supermarket. Uh, it's horrendous. Like I, you know, right now I'm doing keto carnivore diet and I'll, and I'll talk about that on a future episode. But keto carnivore diet, uh, shopping at the supermarket is very brief. You know, I'm, I'm going to like three different spots in the supermarket. I'm filling a basket and I'm out of there. Now, for most people, trolling up and down the aisles, all they're doing is loading up sugar, Wheat, dairy, vegetable oils, and maybe a few different types of fruits and vegetables. Now, the dietary guidelines have been recommending that people eat more fruits and vegetables, that they get plenty of servings of grains each day, and that's exactly what happens on a feedlot. I worked on a feedlot. You make cattle really fat in a short period of time. If you don't kill them, they will die anyway from lifestyle diseases, the same lifestyle diseases that are killing us. But if you put them back out on the grass, they're fine. You have to eat a human diet if you want to live like an optimized human. Okay, so insulin here is the point. Insulin is the key factor and the driver in blindness, in um, diabetic amputations, in you know so much of what's going on around diabetes. It's it's the blood sugar has an effect. There's advanced glycation end products, AGEs, where sugar is actually um, like candying protein. If you imagine like when you um, put meat in sugar or you know then it's going to have like that kind of stickiness so what happens to the inside of your mouth when you eat lollies or have lollipops like when i was a kid you know that stuff um that stuff is happening when blood sugar is too high the body fights really hard not to have high blood sugar the thing is when you're measuring blood sugar your body could be fighting really hard not to have high blood sugar it could be winning that fight so blood sugar looks good but because you're fighting so hard, what you're fighting hard with is insulin. So if insulin is super high, even though the blood glucose levels aren't high, all the, the readings look normal, um, even a glucose tolerance test can look normal. But if insulin levels underlying that are high, then you're accelerating towards diabetic disease. And technically, according to Kraft, who you know you should check out the work of Kraft, he was um, yeah, revolutionary. He was a leader in diabetes uh, education. He really pushed the insulin assay, which you can get uh, in some places, but it's it's 
pretty rare to be performed. The insulin assay is like a glucose tolerance test, but you're actually um, testing insulin. So that's really a much more effective way to know what's going on inside the body. But if your blood glucose levels are, are all over the shop, then for sure there's, there's an issue there. There's something that needs to be changed. If they're not all over the shop, doesn't necessarily mean you're 100% winning in terms of uh, performance and longevity. You can still be uh, getting some negative consequences from uh, high insulin levels despite your blood glucose being maintained in a normal level. Um, so this is stuff I'm talking about from the point of view of health, from the point of view of performance. If you want to optimize your performance, then this is something that needs to be op optimized. It's, it's a, a, a starting point for performance, right? So if we don't have optimized uh, insulin levels and blood sugar control, it's going to be very hard for us to gain muscle. It's going to be very hard for us to lose fat, okay? So muscle cells, if they've lost their sensitivity to insulin, then they're not taking up amino acids and you're not going to get hypertrophy. If fat cells uh, are overly stimulated by insulin, uh, then they will not liberate their fat stores. So they won't, you know, while insulin's high, fat it's very hard to get fat out of the cells, okay? So this makes a huge difference for the goal, which is the goal for the majority of society of getting, you know, decreasing body fat, okay? So uh, check out the work of these, you know, leading doctors. This is not my word. This is the word of Dr. Kraft. Uh, this is the word of Dr. Tim Noakes, um, Ted Naiman, you know, these guys, they're, they're delivering on this stuff and, you know, don't take my word for it. Go and do some research. Uh, this, But this this is definitely one of the most important areas for you as a coach or for you as an athlete or for you as a human being who values your life uh, for a father, for a mother, for a child, for a grandmother. If this is not optimized, then the negative consequences will, will be huge. If there's a history... Uh, of health challenges in your family, then you definitely want to get this right because it's a risk factor for all the big ones. Big ones being cancer, heart disease, dementia, obviously diabetes, obesity. Okay, so in Australia, there's over 400 limb amputations every year because we're not getting this right. More than a million hospitalizations. It's just, it's not okay. It's on the rise. Type 1 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and type 3 diabetes, people often call Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes. They're all on the rise. They're on the rise in children. So we need to do something about this. Uh, I'm a big believer, a big proponent in uh, low-carbohydrate diet. But do you need that? You don't know unless you've got this testing done properly. If you are having troubles with your body composition, then... I would highly recommend checking it out, thinking about ketogenic diet. Ketogenic diet has changed my life and so many other people. Um, you know, it, it all happens. It's the revolution that is not televised, right? Like it has to happen people to people because the press around it, the media around it is always going to be um, or is at least for the moment negative. You know, if you've been following it all, the case of Tim Noakes, Tim Noakes is kind of the godfather of sports science. He really took sports science to South Africa and put them on the map as a, a world leader um, in sports science. And he produced a lot of controversial papers across a bunch of different topics, including like the central governor theory, which is about how the mind is really the thing that stops you uh, when you're fatigued. It's not actually 
lactic acid or fatigue in the muscles or anything else it's the mind is monitoring everything and the mind says okay slow down the brain is is regulating the process Um, so that was like one of the theories that he had that was controversial at the time which is now well accepted maybe the seventh controversial thing that he put forward was that excessive carbohydrate consumption is decreasing performance and killing a lot of people Um, so he wrote a book about it. He wrote a few books about it, one for kids, uh, one for adults, Real Meal Revolution, the most sold book in South African history is, is what I've heard. So, you know, people want this. People don't want to be living in these obese, sick bodies, but they don't necessarily know what the solution is. Now, Tim Noakes is this extremely respected guy and putting that out there, he's changed so many lives. He walks down the street and people yell out to him, 30 kilos, 20 kilos, they celebrate the fat loss that they've had following the methods um, that he recommended. So, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there who are campaigning around this, who are trying to get the word out. The revolution will not be televised. Like it's, it's you know, so the, the point of that was that he's been persecuted for that. He's, he's been put on trial uh, about a tweet and it's the most ridiculous case you you would ever imagine. But the point of the, the case was really to show that Tim Noakes' message is dangerous and to set an example that people should not speak up like that. And, you know, um, you see something similar in Australia with Pete Evans, um, his book being um, taken off the shelves and, and, you know, forced to reprint a few days before it was uh, due to go on sale because he was uh, recommending broth for, for children, I believe is, is what it was. And these things happen over and over again. There's actually a doctor in Australia who's going through the same kind of legal battle um, and challenges that, that Noakes has. What they're doing is changing people's lives for the better. They're transforming health. And as a result, they're being put on trial. Okay, so this is not okay, but there's also it also shows that there's some value to it. If there's if there's enough energy, you know, to, to put a, millions of dollars into court cases against these kind of people, then there's obviously a vested interest there. And if you read Law of Nutrition, um, you can see the links to advocacy groups for Coca Cola and you know big food and how they're actually putting the money in that that sort of um, is trying to keep that status quo. Uh, big fat surprise, uh, Nina. Uh, I don't know how to say her last name. I'm sure I would say it wrong. Uh, it, it's a German one, so um, I should probably learn it. But big fat surprise. Um, let's check it out. Nina uh, Teicholz. Uh, Teicholz would be probably how we would say it in uh, English. Why butter, meat, and cheese belong in a healthy diet. Okay, so you end up going back to eating all the foods that you've tried not to eat. When I was 15, 14, I started to get advice from sports nutritionists. I cut the fat out of my diet. I was quite disciplined. I started having a lot of two-minute noodles, baked beans on toast. Um, I was eating pancakes. I was eating pasta. And I stopped uh, having, having, you know, cut my butter down. I stopped having ice cream. Um, obviously ice cream has its sugar too, but it's, it's a lot of fat if it's good quality ice cream. Not long after that, I had all sorts of health problems and that was really where my health challenges started, um, in my late teens. I'm not going to talk a lot about that today, but 
low fat diet is is uh, has a lot to answer for. And if you read Big Fat Surprise, you will have no doubt that um, we've been lied to. You know, we've been lied to about what we're meant to be eating, and we continue to be lied to. And you know, the calories in, calories out. Society is just fat and lazy. Fat because they're lazy and because they're overeating. Well, why are they overeating? It's because the foods that we're eating now have drug-like effect, okay? So because you have these spiking and troughing blood glucose levels, because you have these high insulin levels, you actually don't get satiety. You don't get the hormones that tell you, hey, stop eating. And, you know, there is a calories matter, but there's a hormonal picture that runs behind that, which makes it much, much easier to lose weight and to, to stay at a healthy, normal weight. Um, without counting calories when you don't have a lot of carbohydrate in your diet. Okay, so if you look at the birds and the bees, look out the window, no species out there is counting calories. And you might think, well, they can't eat as much as they would like. But probably they can from time to time. And you just do not see diabetes in nature because everything eats its natural diet. So what is the natural human diet? Well, it's obviously not what we're eating right now. Okay, so the real food revolution, you know, just just eat real food. And that's a big part of it. And, but for a lot of people, they're going to have to go further than that. There's some damage there, and it's going to take a decreased uh, carbohydrate intake for a significant period of time. Tim Noakes started with the Atkins diet. Okay, so he was on the new Atkins diet, and that helped him to lose a bunch of weight. I think he lost like maybe six, nine kilos, something like that in his first uh, 12 weeks. And he went to a conference as a new man. Um, and from that point on, he, he couldn't continue to advocate the high carbohydrate diet. So I'm super passionate about this stuff and it's it's really made a big difference for me. I'm enjoying my training at the moment. I'm enjoying being lean. Uh, I'm working hard to go to master's games for weightlifting this year. I'm still working hard on the five ball juggling. Uh, it's such a such a journey, such a challenge. It's just um, really a, a really is a grind to get, you know, just a small improvement in, in five ball juggling. It's over and over consistency, day in day out, and that's what I love about you know real movement training system and and the the, the thing that I've put together around me. It's like an accountability system and a and a development system where every day is an opportunity to get better and. You know, I'm seeing the people around me getting better and, and that just pulls me up. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking to, uh, to continue to do that. This year, really want to improve my barbell strength. Last year, um, I had a poor year on the barbell. I, I lost a lot of strength and, uh, I'm super excited to, to get that back this year. This shift in my diet has been massive for me. We're up to the 5th of March. I've been doing this since, um, the middle of December and, yeah, just such a such a huge change. Um, I've been really consistent with my training. I haven't had the hint of a sniffle or a cold. Where 2017, I just really could not get on top of uh, a decent training load to to be able to train the way I wanted to, to live the way I want. So, um, yeah, that's a a lot of what's been going on uh, in my world. I'm super fired up by the work of uh, Nina. Ty Schultz, super fired up by the work of Timothy Noakes, and uh, I'm just loving seeing people taking this on. The pemmican recipe, I'm going to be putting that one up as well. So much feedback, so many people who want to get a piece of the pemmican, and why not? You know, it's the ultimate uh, 
It's the ultimate snack food. It's the ultimate bodybuilder food. And it really does work. The other guy, last one that I want to give a shout out to is Keto Savage. Keto Savage uh, won some kind of major bodybuilding competition. I don't know exactly what it was in uh, natural bodybuilding there in the USA uh, using a ketogenic approach. And he does a great job uh, on his social media, on his podcast. Really enjoy uh, Keto Savage. And one thing that he says is that the easiest way for him to get to super lean has been with the keto diet when he didn't do the keto diet he had to go through um you know it's, there's calorie restriction on both sides you're still gonna have to calorie restrict if you want to be crazy super lean but that calorie restriction that he did on the keto diet um he didn't have anywhere near the same level of suffering and brain fog um that goes with um, the dieting that they would usually do for a bodybuilding competition when you're still including uh, a lot of carbs. And if you look back at what Arnold was eating in Pumping Iron and and even before that and Vince Gironda, the guy who called uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger fat something, um, they they you know they were massively on eggs and steak. You know, they believed in fat, they believed in cream and you know, go back and look at what what it was about, what bodybuilding was about what optimizing the physique was about before there was this huge interest in carb powders before there was, um, you know, the massive overindulgence in, in steroids. Um, there's a reason why a lot of people now who are doing their weights just cannot get away from being, having that puffy look. You know, when you first take carbohydrate powders, they can push up your insulin and that insulin sensitivity that you have can help you to build a lot of muscle. But once you've lost that insulin sensitivity, then it's not the same game. And those carb powders are just going to make you fat. And there's so many guys out there, especially poliquin lovers, uh, who, who are fat and they just cannot get, you know, poliquin is like 4% body fat. And he says, if you're over 10% as a male, then you're a fat bastard. Okay. He has very high standards and, you know, he expects uh, guys to, to hold themselves uh, super lean. And I think he's right, you know, and I think he's right because looking at Western A. Price's books, that's what our ancestors looked like. Our ancestors were shredded because they, they, they would have forcibly intervened fasted quite a lot and they lived on protein and fat. You know, carbs were, were something that was around from time to time. You know, I have white skin. There wasn't a lot of carb around for a lot of my ev- recent evolutionary history. You know, there was an ice age. And, you know, even still in England right now, in, in, you know, Ireland right now, there's inches of snow. So how much green stuff are you eating? How many grains are you going to be eating? Okay. You can produce that stuff a little bit through part of the year, but they've played a small part in, in, uh, my ancestry as far as I understand. I haven't done the genetic testing yet to see if there is anything interesting in there apart from kind of, uh, Anglo-Saxon roots that I, that I know of, um, but there's an optimal way here and you're going to be better if you go towards it. So this podcast is created to help you go towards your optimal. Uh, in the next episode, I'm going to be talking to you guys about keto testing. I've had a bunch of questions around the breath testing, the blood testing. Um, do we need to have high levels of ketones? Are ketone supplements useful for fat loss? Are they useful for performance? Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking ketones. If you've got other questions, things that you would like me to discuss on this, uh, hit me up. I would love to hear some feedback from you uh, on this first podcast. And uh, of course, if you get power from this, share that power. The world needs more power. We need powerful individuals 
to make strong decisions. And that's really what's going to change the world. So thank you so much for getting to this point. Thank you so much for being a part of Real Movement Community, of following uh, myself. And uh, I will continue to serve you guys and to give the best of what I can learn and what I can do and what I experience. I'm going to continue to share that with you. So thanks for jumping on. Looking forward to speaking to you all again very soon. Man, that guy can talk. But he does it because he loves it. If you loved it, share it. Give us some feedback. What was great? What didn't you like? What was your biggest take-home message? Make sure you stay in touch with us on Instagram and share your wins, people. This win is only going to come if we do it together. We have to take ourselves further. By taking ourselves further, we give permission for everybody around us to make positive changes in their lives and to become the people who they want to become. Everybody's changing the world. You are changing the world. Let's do this together. Let's see how far we can take it. Imagine, imagine if we all put our full heart into becoming the best versions of ourselves every single day.